Remember, freedom is a gift from God. Choose to accept it, guard it, nourish it, share it with your loved ones. Don't let anyone take it from you. Choose to be free. Learn how to choose freedom with your host, Dr. Baruch Platner. Uh, welcome to the show, folks. This is Choose to be Free with uh, Baruch Platner. And uh, today we have a really special show because for the first time ever I have a, a guest. And uh, that's kind of exciting and scary at the same time. <laughs> Uh, but um, we'll, we'll see how it goes, and I think it's going to be really cool. Uh, my, guest, my guest is uh, Tyler Capobras, who is the owner of a website called thegoodgun.com, thegoodgun.com, and it's a website in which he reviews various edged weapons and firearms uh, for people who are just getting into this um, ownership of firearms and uh, up through fairly advanced levels. Uh, and actually, I think that his website and those like it are very apropos for the times that we live in because there is, as you know, an unprecedented surge in first-time gun ownership in America. And even those people who, you know, have had some firearms lying around, you know, forever are now looking into what they have versus what they should have and so on. And the reason being that the Democratic Party in America, the substantially a Bolshevik Marxist party, is engaged in the destruction of law and order, and specifically the destruction of the police forces on the local and state level. And those, of course, those police, le police forces on the state, local and state level are, of course, the people that we were always told that we would have, that we would rely upon should there ever be a threat to our, uh, to our safety. In other words, the people who are all the gun grabbers and the anti-Second Amendment people in America always told us that we never ever need guns because we can just call 911 and get the cops show up. Well, now they're, uh, they're letting all the cops go. And not only that, there is something even more insidious. And as you know, in this, uh, on this show, we're not afraid of being called racist and every other kind of name, we just uh, tell the truth as it is. And the truth is, is, is that uh, should your assailant or whoever it is that's, that poses a threat to your safety be anything other than white, the police, even if they do arrive, will have a really hard time doing anything because they will be worried that what will befall them should they harm that person who is, a, who is uh, posing a threat to you, they will suffer uh, the fate of uh, those people those cops that um, arrested uh, uh, George Floyd and so on. So, um, in other words, what is happening right now in America, folks, is that uh, the police are not going to protect you. And in truth, they never really were going to protect you because they would always arrive too late. But at least there was some hope that maybe they would arrive on time, especially if you lived in a more populated area, and maybe they would actually try to defend you against those who wish to... Um, do you harm? Well, right now that, that, that whole thing is out the window. The police will not arrive because there's fewer of them and they're doing a lot less proactive policing. And even if they do arrive, the chances are, are that they will not 
defend you. And I'm not making it up. There is uh, the, the mayor of Minneapolis and, and similar cities basically said, uh, 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 you know, if you're getting mugged, submit. Just give them everything. Give them your, your phone, your wallet, everything, because nobody's, going, no, nobody's coming to your aid and your property is not worth a single hair on, uh, from, the, from the head of whoever it is that's assaulting you. So don't expect the police to put themselves or the perpetrator in harm's way to defend your property. So uh, folks, you're on your own. And the only way realistically that you're going to deter uh, and defeat uh, those people who wish to, 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 to do you harm, whether it's in your home or on the street or in your vehicle, there's been a lot of people, you know, your vehicle's being surrounded by mobs and trying to, to uh, drag the drivers and uh, people, uh, passengers in the vehicle outside and so on. So the only way you're going to do something about it is if you're armed and if you're armed the right way and if you're skilled in the use of those arms. And there's a kind of a counter example to it, which is the McCloskeys in, um, in Missouri, right, in St. Louis. And uh, what they did was, uh, even though I support them and obviously support their right to defend their property, and, and, and I hope that uh, they will, uh, you know, win the, the ridiculous lawsuit uh, or um, charges that are being brought against them by uh, the George Soros-backed uh, DA in, in in there, but um, in St. Louis, but what they did with their firearms, how they stood out there and kind of waved them around and so on, is not how you should use your firearms to defend your home. Uh, for many reasons, including that they rendered their, their, their firearms substantially ineffective by being out there with them and uh, had that mob uh, been more violently inclined, those, those firearms would not have done them much good. So uh, with that in mind, I want, to, I want to turn to Tyler and uh, get his opinion on, on, on uh, various pieces of hardware that you should consider having in your home, in your car, and on the street so that you can defend yourself uh, much more eff effectively and efficiently in a variety of different scenarios. Hey, so Tyler, um, you've heard uh, my intro, I imagine, and uh, um, in, I, I guess I'd like to ask you, first of all, um, if you had to, if you had to limit yourself to owning one handgun that would live in your home, and you know, the use that you would have out of it is, if God forbid you heard some noises at night and you realize that somebody was breaking into your property, that's what you would want your handgun for. In other words, you would want it in order to deter or uh, quite likely shoot those that uh, you know, entered your home without your permission, probably with nefarious intent. So if, if there was only one, if I wanted to own just one handgun, what would it be in your opinion? So if we're talking for self-defense just in the home, You'd want something that's going to have some more capacity than a uh, subcompact or something like that. As much as people may not like it, um, you know, Glock offers higher capacity magazines up to like 33 rounds. You can get 50 round drum magazines, um, so you're not having to reload as often. Um, 
that's probably the most versatile. Um, my personal preference, I have a Walther PPQ M2. Um, doesn't have nearly the uh, aftermarket uh, accessories available to it, but it does hold the uh, 15 rounds and it has a very uh, easy to use trigger, very uh, easy to use uh, controls. So I'd say for most people, probably a Glock, um, but maybe don't limit yourself to that option. So, so what, what caliber does that Glock come in? How is it chambered? Sure, you can get it for all sorts of calibers. Nine millimeters, probably the most common. Um, you can get 40 Smith & Wesson or uh, 45 ACP. Um, for most people, the advantage of nine millimeter is you have the extra capacity because as you get into a larger caliber, your magazines weren't gonna hold as much ammo in them. And would it hold uh, something like a, a light or a laser in it? Yeah, the models that they have, they all have a rail typically on the underside of it that'll let you attach a light laser. A lot of companies like Streamlight will make a laser light combo. So it's all in one and you can choose the various would, would settings. Would something like that or does it make it a little front heavy or how does that affect your shoot the shootability of that pistol? As far as shootability, the advantage really of the light is for target identification. I don't really, I can't say that I would recommend going on a room to room search in your home um, unless you're looking to actually make sure that other family members and people in the house are secure and safe. Um, Otherwise, it's best to just kind of stay put in one location where you have a good tactical advantage. Um, but no, the uh, models that they're coming out with now are mostly polymer, so they really don't add a significant amount of weight to the front that you'd notice. You know, because uh, like I guess in, in my scenario, you know, if I'm, if I'm envisioning like your typical split ranch or, you know, maybe like a Cape Cod, you know, salt box type of, you know, suburban home, I think what happens in a lot of these types of homes is that you know, the bedrooms are kind of on a higher level upstairs and the, the entrance to the home is, is lower. Mm -hmm. So if, if you hear some noises and you, you, you fear that or you suspect that somebody had broken in, you know, you would reach for that Glock. And, and yes, I agree with you totally that you want to be very conscious of not just running pell-mell downstairs, you know. Yeah. Uh, and... You know, just like, okay, like, what's, what's there? What's there? You know, you want to make sure that you think of what areas in your home give you some sort of cover, some sort of tactical advantage. And we'll talk more a little bit more about that, too, in this show. But once you realize that somebody is there, you probably want to make sure that, A, you have some light to kind of identify that this is not a mistake, that if you're going to pull a trigger, it's indeed against the you know, bad guy. Mm -hmm. And you probably want to have something that even though you're, you know, your adrenaline is running, you're not SEAL team, team six, maybe you're going to shoot for the first time at a, at a real human being, most likely. Uh, so it's a very tense scenario. And you know, I would probably mm -hmm. want to have a laser or something like that that tells me that with that first shot, that guy is, is going down. So, so that probably would be a good reason to have a laser on the gun and, or maybe a laser light combo. Yeah, the lasers definitely help in those high adrenaline situations because um, you basically fall down to your lowest level of training. And for your average person, 
Well, that, that's certainly not going to be, like you said, SEAL Team 6 for pretty much any of us. And, you know, even with that, you know, you still want to be able to, one, identify your target. And pistols generally are harder to be accurate with, and they take more training and consistent training to maintain those skills. So in the heat of the moment when the adrenaline's rushing, yeah, the laser definitely would help you get on target to make sure of where you're at. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And like I said, we'll come back to this whole concept of being ready mentally and mm -hmm. being ready in terms of uh, visualizing this scenario before it even happens. But yeah. before we get into that, so assume that I went out and I, and I bought that Glock um, and you know, I, I bought some ammo for it and so on. And, and speaking about ammo, how much ammo do you think uh, a typical person should have? Like, do you need to have, it? I imagine, at least two magazines and both full? And I guess my other question is, would you have your Glock in your nightstand and whatnot? How would you have it? Like, would the, would the magazine be in? Would you have a, a, a round chamber? What are the considerations for how much ammo, how it's stored, and how, how the gun itself is stored in your home? Sure. So... Something like that, the biggest thing you want to remember is when you don't have the luxury of sitting there and loading your magazines, it's not going to hurt you if you have extra magazines loaded, ready to go. I mean, it's better to be over-prepared than under-prepared, in my opinion, and something like that. As far as storage goes, a lot of people will do like a hand safe or something like that. It just kind of depends on your personal preference, like me personally. Um, I'll just kind of put this out there. Right now, I have the uh, Walther PPQ for myself um, for defense. For my wife, I actually have a 9mm uh, pistol carbine because um, it's easier for her to control. But I actually, because I have kids, um, or a kid, sorry, um, I have mine in actually a uh, magnetically locked gun shell. So basically, you push up, it releases hydraulics, lower it down, and it's ready to go. Mine, I store them round in the chamber, safety off, fully loaded magazine. Because honestly, in something like that situation, my home is actually smaller than probably an average you know, two-story house. So from the break-in points, either the back patio door, front door, or a window, for someone who's breaking and entering, I've probably got maybe about four seconds from them breaking in to them making it down the hallway to my bedroom or my son's bedroom. So for me, it's all about speed and having that time advantage to be able to just immediately confront the threat without having to do extra things that are going to slow me down. Right, right. So, so that magnetic safe sounds like a really cool idea. See, like I'm learning things because I didn't even know that that existed. Now you have the you have a round in the chamber, but I imagine that the hammer is in the down position. So in that Glock, when you pull the trigger once with a hard pull, it will cock and release, won't it? Uh, so it's uh, striker fired. So basically, it's essentially half cocked already if you've racked the slide. Oh, okay. So basically, you pull that trigger and it'll fire around. Okay. And, and so it, it's the same uh, strength of pull for the first round and the subsequent rounds, I guess, in that, in that scenario. Exactly, in yeah. Technology. Uh, I guess what I would say from my military training is, um, and we'll come back to, again, the, tac the tactical aspects of it in the next segment, but... Uh, what I would say is 
if you fire, fire twice. Because your first shot is much more likely to go awry, even with a laser, because you're just all in that disarray. So just, uh, you have enough ammo in that magazine, fire and fire again. And, and then reassess what is, what is going on. Do not try to save ammo, do not, in your mind, it's important that you do not hope that your assailant survives. When that person breached your home and when you pull the gun and ready to engage him, your intention should be and your hope should be that that person does not survive the day. So fire and fire, fire twice, reassess and fire again if needed to make sure that that threat is neutralized. That's the only way to defend yourself properly with a firearm. And folks, we're going to return back after a short break. Thank you. Hello, this is Lieutenant Randy Sutton, the host of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. I am a 34-year police veteran. I am also the founder and CEO of an organization that stands behind injured and disabled law enforcement officers. It is called The Wounded Blue. Our website is thewoundedblue.org. We have produced a film. It is an important film. I urge you to watch it. The film details what happens when a police officer or law enforcement officer is shot or stabbed or beaten or disabled, seriously injured in the line of duty. Most people think they are taken care of medically and financially. The reality may be quite different. It is called The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. The film is available on Amazon, iTunes, and the Microsoft Store. in the out loud truth from sea to shining sea americaoutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all this is not a fight of republican versus democrat it's not a fight of rich versus poor old versus young man versus woman gay versus straight it's not a fight of black lives blue lives hispanic lives or white lives this is a battle of good versus evil it's a fight for the soul of humanity. We are the vision of the voices, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back to the show, folks. And um, we have with us Tyler Capobras, I hope I'm saying it right, uh, from uh, the website or the owner of the website, thegoodgun.com. And we're having a conversation about how people, especially people who are uh, maybe uh, new to gun ownership, a firearm ownership, uh, but also people who, you know, have always had guns, but kind of never really taken it too, you know, too much, too seriously or, 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 or paid enough attention to actually using those weapons. Um, people are beginning to wake up to the fact that they may unfortunately have to use them. So with, like with everything else, but with firearms even more so because these are deadly weapons, it's important to know what you're doing and it's important to spend your money wisely and it's important to uh, make the right decisions and have the right mindset and the right training, but also the right equipment. And this is what thegoodgun.com is all about. So uh, Tyler, who, who runs this website, has agreed to join me and We'll, take, uh, we'll continue right from uh, where we stopped in the, in the last segment. And I guess my next, uh, my next uh, question to Tyler is, um, okay, so 
uh, let's say that I got this uh, Glock and uh, maybe that's the first gun I've ever bought and, or maybe I just wanted to modernize uh, and I got this magnetic safe and um, I'm storing it properly. Um, and the, again, we will come to the question of mindset and tactics, but I'm, I want to stay uh, maybe in the third segment, but I want to stay in this segment more on the topic of hardware. So let's say I'm, I'm good with my Glock and I went to the range and I practiced and, and all that. And now I'm thinking of adding another layer, another piece to my home defense, maybe something a little longer. So I'm thinking about a tactical shotgun, maybe a semi-auto, maybe a pump, a 12 gauge, or possibly a 16 inch barrel AR-15 style weapon. What's your opinion about what should I add to my handgun as another layer of protection? Sure. There's a lot of debate back and forth. Um, the downside to pistols is they don't have as much stopping power. Also, if you're doing nine millimeter, there's gonna be bullets going through uh, sheet wall or sheet rock. Um, but you're gonna have that with whatever you're shooting. Um, probably the general consensus is you're better off with a, like an AR in a 5.56 caliber um, with specialized home defense rounds so that they're less likely to go through multiple uh, walls um, just to be aware of where people are so that when you are firing that you're not firing through walls that are going to go into other people's bedrooms and things like that. But a case can also be made for shotguns as well. It kind of depends on your personal setup. You know, if you're out on a ranch and you've got tons of acreage around you, yeah, if bullets go through walls, cause that's what they do, you know, the next person's what a mile away. So there's less to be concerned about than if you're say in an apartment or a townhome or something like that, where you have to be a little bit more aware that there's other people. Um, but in general, most people, Consensus is typically an AR. Okay, okay. Well, let's stay on the subject of ARs then. Uh, we know that there's like almost an infinite number of flavors and configurations, you sure. know, right now on the market. Uh, so what would be like if, if I wanted to get into a home defense AR, chambered as you say in 556 NATO, I believe it's interchangeable with 223 Remington, but you'll correct me if I'm wrong. What, what hardware should I be getting? just to get into the into that AR-15 kind of game. So on something like that, you obviously want a, a red dot of some sort um, so that you can quickly and easily go ahead and acquire your target, uh, especially since it's probably going to be dark. You're not really going to be using iron sights. Um, you'll definitely want some sort of a light on it so that you can identify what it is that you're seeing. Um, so you're not just blindly shooting, you know, that's how accidents happen. Um, after that, it's kind of really up to the individual. I usually recommend a good quality sling, especially uh, for instance, in like my situation, parents who have kids, you don't know if you're going to have to be grabbing a child with one arm and you really want to have some sort of retention for that. So um, in terms of just the gun itself, what's out there that's, that's, that, that, that's just a great buy for a home defense AR-15? Honestly, there's quite a few on something like that. It really just depends on how much money you want to spend. Um, a lot of people are happy with just like a Palmetto State Armory, which is uh, certainly more budget conscious. Um, 
you know, there are some things to be aware of as far as, you know, you get what you pay for. Um, there's also some higher quality that are already ready to go out of the box. You know, Ruger, Smith & Wesson makes um, Springfield. It just kind of depends on what features you're looking for in it. Um, another option that you can also look into if you want something a little bit more compact, you know, you can always do like a pistol build uh, where it's essentially an AR pistol with a brace instead of a stock. So it's it can be shorter uh, legally without violating the National Firearms Act. So if I, uh, so, so okay, so let me ask you, uh, if I wanted to get an AR-15 with a 16 inch barrel, a collapsible stock, a basic optic on, 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 on top that uh, I can look through if I want to shoot from the shoulder and like you say, a red dot and a 30 round, a couple of 30 round magazines, what kind of money would I be looking at as a range? Well, it's hard to say, really. I mean, normal prices before coronavirus and everything hit, you could get into an AR like that with uh, the stock and everything for $500 bare bones. That'll have some magazines. Um, red dot, you're probably looking about another $200 for a quality uh, red dot that's not overpriced, but it'll hold up if you bang it around or it gets wet. Um, so, I mean, you're probably, before coronavirus, about $700, $800, not including ammo. Um, these days, it just kind of depends. You have to look a little bit harder to find deals. Uh, I mean, expect to probably pay at least a couple hundred bucks more over that to possibly around, you know, 800 to 1000 depending on the AR, just with the shortages going on and that causing yeah. demand to increase and people can get what they're asking, so... Okay. And uh, if I wanted to slap some rapid acquisition optics on it, so if I wanted to shoot from the shoulder, I wouldn't have to rely on the iron sights. You know, mm -hmm. know what that could set me back? Uh, that'll probably set you back about a 150 to $200 uh, in general for a decent red dot. Um, probably one of my favorites is uh, in, in that price range. It's the uh, six hour Romeo five. Um, it just works off of a single, like a garage door battery um, on the lowest setting it'll actually, it's advertised to run about 50,000 hours so on the lowest setting. So we're talking, you know, years if you just left it on. Um, but it does have a nice feature that I think sets it apart for home defense from every other optic is it has a, uh, they call it MOTAC, but basically I just call it like shake awake. It registers when the optic has been moved and it will go ahead and turn the red dot on automatically so you're not having to fiddle with buttons and then after a certain period of time it times out and turns itself off right, right. so if i grabbed that gun and raised it to my shoulder i would have i would have that red dot activate and i could peer right through the optics and put a put around where the red dot is i guess Exactly. Whereas before, you'd have to pick up the rifle, find the on button, hold it down, look through it, make sure it actually is on. Yeah, that's 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 not super practical because again, you know, yeah. coming back to that darkened hallway situation mm -hmm. and so on, and 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 with that power of a rifle round, you really do not want to be shooting unless you know what you're shooting at. Exactly. Uh, so, folks, you know, easy to squeeze the trigger, but you really should. Uh, you're you're you have. Uh, you should have that split mindset. On one hand, do not hesitate. On the other hand, make sure that when you're pulling that trigger, you know where the bullet is going. Okay, yeah. so 
you, 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 know, you, you have to get, you, you have to, you know, what they teach you in the military is that you have to have that split mindset. On one, on one hand, it's go. On the other hand, it's stop. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you're all go, you're making a very dangerous person with a firearm. Yeah, and it really just comes down to the basic rules of gun safety. You know, you always treat it like it's loaded. You always keep your trigger finger out of the trigger guard until you're ready to shoot. You know, don't point it in anything that you're not willing to destroy. And then on top of that, when you are on target, be aware of what's beyond your target. Right, right, exactly. And and that's where that's where actually, you know, the technical aspect of it, all this technology that we've been talking to Tyler about, and again, you can um, look at his, uh, at his website, uh, thegoodgun.com, but, you know, nobody's, nobody, nobody can ever be well enough trained. And most of us civilians are, are not even close. So technology does help. You know, these things like turn on that, that, that site when you just shoulder the weapon, mm -hmm. that really helps you um, make the right decision when to pull that trigger and, and be sure that you're pulling the trigger when, you, when your gun is pointing where, you know, at the point that you want it to be pointing and that bullet will, as Tyler mentioned, destroy whoever needs to be destroyed and not nothing or God forbid anyone else. Um, so we still have a couple of minutes uh, remaining in, in this segment and I want to devote the next one possibly to talking about training and tactics. Um, so uh, Tyler, if, if I wanted to go for a shotgun for my long gun protection rather than an, an AR or possibly in addition to an AR, do you have a good home defense shotgun in mind? Something like that, it's Honestly, for something like that, I'd go probably a Mossberg 500. Um, you can also get like a Mossberg Maverick Model 88 a little bit cheaper, but you'd have to do some upgrades to kind of get it up to snuff, uh, so to speak. But both are uh, excellent, reliable shotguns that have proven themselves over many, many years. And those are semi-automatic, right? Oh, sorry. Uh, those are actually uh, pump action. I... Not really a fan of semi-automatic for home defense. It adds an extra issue if it jams. Um, it's a lot easier on a pump shotgun. If you have a jam to rack the slide, eject the jammed shell, pull it forward, load another shell, and just keep going. How many shells can you put in there? Like five? You, you just kind of thumb, thumb five shells into it? Uh, typically, it's five or six, depending on the the model. Um, you can also add on extra extended tubes. At one point, just for fun, I had a semi-auto that would actually hold uh, nine in the tube and one in the chamber. And uh, what kind of shot would you would you recommend for home defense? So something like that, you'd want to do buckshot. Um, birdshot's just not going to cut it. It's going to just make them mad, not really do anything to slow them down. A slug's just going to keep going through your house and into the neighbor's house, and your best just <laughs> sticking to buckshot. 12-gauge buckshot is, is, mm -hmm. is what you would want in there. I mean, uh, I, guess, I guess you could also get a, a short-barreled, um, not gut for, but don't sew any barrels. You know, folks, we, we're, we're only do what's legal and definitely do not take any saws to your shotgun barrels. Yeah, check you know, your laws. Forbidden. Unless you want to go to prison. Uh, well, they, but I think you can get this. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, if you're wanting a short barrel shotgun, you know, with a stock, you're going to have to go the route of uh, applying for that with the ATF. 
getting the tax stamp for it. But there are options where it's actually a brace instead of a stock. And so because of that, it's technically not required to have the longer barrel compared to a traditionally right, stocked right, shotgun. Right, right. So you could always go that route too. And I want, you know, I guess, I guess, I guess uh, guys can also get like a coach gun, you know, like a double barreled uh, 16 inch barrel shotgun, have the two rounds in it. And it'll give you, you know, two shots anyway. Um, but then you lack, that should be enough. I say, I, I wouldn't recommend it just because, you know, like I said, better to always be overprepared. And, you know, if those first two shells don't do it, it's a lot faster just yeah. to rack the shotgun on a pump action than it is to break it open, try to fiddle with getting two right. more shells so, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I totally buy it. I mean... I, I, my my fault is that I like uh, I like that you know old fashioned gear, but yeah no it's it's oh if, I don't blame really you. Want to, they're yeah. very stylish guns, <laughs> and and they're very reliable too because you know mm -hmm. there's really nothing that can ever go wrong with them. Yeah. That is true. As long as, as long as that pin uh, moves, you know, as long as that hammer strikes, it is going to fire. Um, yeah. So okay. So we we covered uh, quite a quite a, a bunch of um, hardware here, folks, and. I think in the next segment, um, we will come in with some uh, um, ideas and, and thoughts about how to deploy this hardware um, for home defense inside, inside of your home. And we may have to do another show, Tyler, on scenarios outside the home, right? Like concealed carry and also traveling in your own vehicle. But I think sure. the most common scenario that people are watching out for is you know, if, 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 if uh, you know, they, they, they need to defend their own property and their own home. So I wanted to kind of do that first. So folks, we're going to uh, uh, go on a quick break and uh, we'll be right back with Choose to be Free with uh, Tyler Skapovas. What if a new treatment backed by 17,000 scientific articles was proven to extend our lifespan, protect against terrible diseases like cancer, heart disease, and dementia, make us more attractive and thinner, feel calmer and happier, and boost energy levels, memory, and performance? What would you pay for even the smallest dose of this treatment? Well, the good news is you don't have to pay anything because these are just some of the benefits of a full night of quality sleep. If you're one of the millions of Americans who need better quality sleep, the time to change is now. Until now, most sleep aids haven't worked, but a new easy-to-swallow sleep gel invented by the leading nutrition company Healthy Cell is designed to support all four stages of human sleep to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake up refreshed. It's called REM Sleep. To get a free two-night supply of REM Sleep, visit HealthyCell.com sleep. That's Healthy, C-E-L-L dot com slash sleep. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa. 
Award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. It's your news and entertainment network. News blogs, informative podcasts, entertaining videos, or listen to 24-7 Talk Radio on our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. We the people, AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Okay, welcome back to the show, folks, uh, here with Tyler Skopobas uh, from thegoodgun.com. And we dedicated the, we're dedicating this whole hour to uh, the, the issue of um, uh, self-defense in, inside of your home, making your home into substantially an impregnable castle so that uh, you can defend it with the use of firearms. And I'm talking about legally, so please check your laws. Uh, we certainly do not want to encourage anyone to break any law, um, whether it's local, state, or federal. So please be careful about that. But most uh, U.S. jurisdictions afford people the, thank goodness, afford people the opportunity to defend their homes with the use of firearms. And it's important to uh, be cognizant uh, and in, in terms of how to do that efficiently, effectively, uh, cost-effectively even, and using all the latest technology. So in this segment, the final segment for this uh, today's show, I want to focus more on um, uh, the issue of uh, tactics. And um, since I'm a, a, a veteran of the Israeli Defense Forces, uh, tactics is something that's get, that gets drilled into you when you um, when you become a combat uh, soldier for the IDF. And I feel that sometimes it's not well enough stressed uh, in terms of civilians defending their homes. And uh, I mentioned that in the introduction to the show today, but you know, the McCloskey's over in St. Louis gave us a glimpse of how very ill-prepared people can be in terms of using their legal firearms to defend their home because they were just standing there waving them around, all exposed. If anybody in that crowd had a gun, uh, which why wouldn't they? They could just shoot them on sight and be done with them. So the, their firearms would not have, you know, get, would, would not have helped them uh, in the least. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, this concept of tactics. Um, you know, Tactics are all about, and especially when you're talking about your home, which you know very well, it's you have in your home, remember, you always have the advantage because it's your terrain. You know your home better than anyone, whereas anybody who's trying to break in, whatever, they don't. So use that advantage, I would say. In other words, uh, plan, uh, imagine different scenarios of where people can ingress into your house uninvited. 
likely at night, but not necessarily. Know when you where you store your firearms, and making making your head all kinds of scenarios of how you would deploy these firearms in the defense of your home. So, for example, if you if you're upstairs and you hear people breaking in downstairs, where would you take a little bit of cover so that you could observe who exactly has entered your house? and that you could have an advantageous position from which to open fire at those people. Uh, be, sure, be, be certain about what, where everything would be, where your children are, if you have any, your in-laws, your, uh, you know, your wife, yourself. Be aware of where people would be normally and then be ready to uh, defend against any abnormal situation without putting, you know, people who are in your household, your, your loved ones at risk. And Tyler mentioned something very important in the last segment, which is that your rounds, especially if fired from high-powered uh, rifles like an AR-15 or even from some pistols, may go through your walls, which in America, unlike in Israel, are not concrete. And they're usually just drywall and some uh, plywood. So you should even be aware of where your neighbors are and how far they are from you and so on. Um, so, you know, Tyler, let me ask you, like when, when, you, when you think about defending your home and your family, do you think along these same lines and do you kind of envision various scenarios in which, God forbid, you may have to deploy your firearms? Yeah, that was one of the first things that I talked with my wife about because we have a, a son and so it's always good to have a plan because you're never going to know when things happen. And if you don't have it drilled in, it's just going to kind of be all over the place. And that's where accidents happen. So we looked at our house and just kind of determined early on. So the most likely places for our home that people were going to break in would be from, you know, the backyard through the back patio, since it's double uh, glass doors, um, the family room windows are all glass. Um, those are probably the easiest access points. You can get through the front door. It's a little harder because um, there's a thinner window, but we kind of looked at that and, you know, access wise, it's a lot easier to break in through those than it is through like a bedroom window. But even if it was, we're not far from whatever window they choose to break in from. So we determined for our instance early on, you know, I'd take the lead she'd go ahead and grab her gun. She'd stay in the master bedroom. My son's room is across the hall. So the first thing is to make sure that he's safe. And, you know, in any sort of a situation, you want to make sure that your loved ones and your friends and anyone else in the home are safe and secure. And basically, since we've only got two rooms with people in it to worry about, my goal is just to grab him, get him into the master bedroom. She puts him in the bathtub and the bathroom there's only one way in there. There's no windows. She's kind of the last line of defense. And then I essentially take up position, you know, behind cover in the doorway. Realistically, they're probably only going to come down the hallway. And we even discussed it. And I told her, you know, I'm at the point where I really don't care if they steal stuff. And I'll tell them that, you know, if you come down the hallway, you're dead. But feel free to take anything you want in the living room and just leave. You know, I don't want to get into a firefight with somebody, but if I have to, it's not going to be pretty as soon as they come down the hall. 
Yeah, so you know, definitely, it's, it's a great example, you know. Uh, thank you, because yeah, it's a great example of how people should um, kind of think in terms, you know, tactically. And I, what you said makes so much sense, right? And what I want to kind of uh, maybe add to that is, is a couple of uh, pieces. One is, uh, and you touched on it, one is this issue of cover. The McCloskeys just stood out there. Yeah. <laughs> and they, when I saw it, I was laughing, you know, because totally exposed, you know, just standing there in broad daylight, you know, if that guy, you know, the house, and again, I sympathize with them, but it's just like, it's, it's dumb from a tactical perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, she shouldn't be waving that little pistol that's not going to do anybody any good. Uh, she should be back in the house, like you mentioned, uh, maybe a last line of defense. He should have been behind that hedge, substantially hidden, and just watching to see what happens. Yeah, you know, or if, if you can get behind just, some furniture or a pillar, something substantial. Right. You, you, do not expose yourself because do not assume that those people that have entered your house illegally are unarmed. That's a dumb yeah. assumption. They're probably armed. You know, in America today, there's no shortage of arms, nor should there be. Uh, and just like you could legally buy guns, they could buy them either legally or illegally. Yeah. So the people, you know, whoever wants to break into your house, uh, more, unless it's uh, totally situational, like, you know, some junkie or whatever, they're more likely than not are armed and you really have to assume that they are. So if you expose yourself, who's to say that they're not going to shoot you instead of you shooting them, you know. Uh, but again, inside of your own home, you have the advantage because you know the lay of the land and they do not. So practice in your mind where that place is, where you're going to go, where you can have great visibility, like Tyler mentioned, for example, down his hallway, while at the same time being protected, even just visually. In other words, even if uh, you're behind something that uh, uh, a round fired from a firearm could go through, it doesn't matter. If they don't see you, they're not likely to fire. So even if you're hidden by a piece of plywood, that's better than nothing because at least yeah. you're hidden from sight. You know, so don't, do not expose yourself. Do not stand in full view. Uh, that's one thing. Fi- another thing is that uh, you're more accurate firing when you're, uh, um, further d- your center of gravity is lower to the ground, like when mm-hmm. you're half kneeling or something like that. So, but you know, I used to be a pilot also, just a, a private pilot, and I flew quite a bit for business, for pleasure. And, you know, I can tell you one thing about piloting air, aircraft. One of the things that they teach you in flight school is the most dangerous uh, segment of flight is always takeoff and landing. And if you lose an engine on takeoff, you're, you're, you have split seconds in which to decide what to do. So before every takeoff from every field, familiar or not, from every runway, you envision what happens if as soon as you rotate and you're, you, you know, you're airborne, your engine quits. What do I do? Do I go straight ahead? Is there a swamp there at the trees? Do I need to make a turn? You, you practice it in your mind before you start taxiing, before you put that throttle down and start taxiing. You have to know what it is that you're going to do if your engine quits right on takeoff, because if you don't know, you're not going to have the time to figure it out. Well, it's the same thing with your home defense. Kind of gameplay it in your, in your mind, um, become very adept so, so that when something like this you know, happens, God forbid, you know kind of instinctively what to do. You have this whole thing planned out. 
you know, um, as you mentioned, Tyler, is what should be your mental kind of state? And that to me is a, is a kind of a tricky question that has many aspects to it. In other words, under what conditions do I pull the trigger? And what is my intent? What is my mental state when I pull that trigger? That is something that you have to, just like Tyler was, Tyler answered that question. He said, you know, uh, I have enough kind of, let's call it faith or confidence in myself in knowing how to use uh, my gear, my firearm, that I can kind of look these people in the eye that have entered my house uh, illegally. And I can tell them, you know what, guys, uh, you have two choices, you know, live or, uh, or die. And if you want to take something, take it, because I don't want to be responsible for, you know, bloodshed. But on the other hand, if you come and, you, if, you know, if you cross this threshold, then, you know, I'm going to defend my family and it's not going to be a happy ending for you. Um, and, you know, that's, that's fine. I respect it. But the only thing I would say is that as, because these people who, are entered, who have entered your house, uh, in, in other words, they committed already a crime of breaking and entering, they're not good people. They could be high on drugs and they were, they're likely armed. So check your state laws and, and your local laws and, and, and so on. But to be honest, I would consider a different rule. I would consider if you crossed my threshold without my permission, broke my window, whatever, at night, I'm going to shoot you. Uh, and that's it. And I'm going to shoot you to kill. Because one thing that I can uh, definitely, I would not recommend to any one of my listeners is to try to shoot to, I don't know, wound or to neutralize or any such thing. Uh, if you have that, I can tell you from experience, personal experience, if you have a trace of doubt in your mind about where that bullet is going to go and what it is going to do, you're going to miss. You're going to miss and that may be that one round that you just fired and missed may be the difference between life and death for you and your family. So I hope very much that none of us and no, nobody currently listening would ever have to fire around at another human being. Or that, 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 that is something that is horrible. You would never want to do that, believe me. Uh, but if the situation arises wherein it's your life of their, or theirs or the life of your loved ones or theirs, then you have to make the right choice. And here is the most important point. You have to make that choice ahead of time. You cannot leave that choice to that moment. Because if you leave it to that moment, you're as good as dead. And I don't care what you have in your hands. You could have the most advanced piece of firearm technology that was ever created. But if you have not resolved previously in your mind that you're going to use it and you're going to use it with lethal force, that piece of technology, that gun, is not going to help you at all, okay? Uh, exactly. It's likely that, you know, it's likely that they will shoot you rather than you shoot them.
And if you do shoot, you will miss. And it's quite possible to miss, believe me. So um, make sure that you have the right mental attitude uh, and kind of certainty in your mind, right? About what it is that I'm going to do in extremis. In other words, in this extreme situation. And remember, this is not a fender bender. This is not, you know, your run of the mill occurrence. When people break into your home, you are, you know, your, you, your life and your loved one's lives are already in grave danger at that point. At that point, when they've come into your property, it's pretty much you have to resolve that no matter what comes of this, me and my family and everyone here in this household, that we're going to make it out safely. And whatever the cost is, whatever I have to do to accomplish that, you need to have that, like you said, mentally resolved and decided ahead of time. You can't have any hint of doubt, any uncertainty in that. And by the way, in military training, you know, you, you would be surprised how much in military training goes into this precise mental aspect. Not, not so much, yeah, we do a lot of shooting, shooting various positions, prone, standing, running, sitting, night, day, whatever, but there is this, the most important part of military training is drilling into the soldiers this idea that when they kill, it's a righteous kill. Because yeah. they kill in defense of themselves, their comrades, and their country. And, you know, I'm, I'm just going to finish on this, on this thought. The Bible does not forbid killing. It forbids murder. Exactly. In the original Hebrew, which, which I know, it says, thou shall not murder. It does not say, thou shall not kill. Those are two very different words in the Hebrew language. And there is no mistake that they use the word, there's no doubt that they use the word murder with intent, not with, you know, they didn't get confused about it. Uh, killing can be absolutely justified if it's in defense of yourself, your own life, your loved ones, and your country if, if you're, if you're uh, in, in the military. But in what we're talking about now, in this scenario, it has to do with defense of your own life and, uh, and, and the, life, the lives of your loved ones. And you are justified in killing those who came in uh, uh, into your property uninvited. And I will just finish with this one thought. You are not a mind reader, my friend. You know, my friends, you're not mind readers. You have no idea what is going on in the heads of those who broke into your house. You don't know if they intend to steal your stereo system or to, or to set your whole house on fire and burn you, burn you in it with your whole family. You don't know, okay? You don't know, you cannot know, and it's not your job to know. All you know is they cross the line. Complete right to defend it, again, check your laws, but it's your, it's your right to defend your home, your life, and the life of your family, and you can never discern what the intentions of those intruders are, how they're armed, do they have guns or don't they, ha don't they have guns, you don't know. So uh, um, be set in your mind that you are not going to be the victim of that situation, okay? Be resolved in your mind that you are not going to be on the losing side of it. And if you are so, so resolved, and if you have the right gear and the right training, you will win. And that's really what counts. So choose to be free, my friends, and I'll see you next time.